I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, fellas. Back at it. Hi, Kia. Hi, Darren. Hello. Hey, Jimmy. The boys are back in town, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> It's another podcast, another fantastic insight to the three of the, the great thinkers of our generation. A lot of people have been mailing in and asking, um, where do we get our inspiration from? I'm just going to answer straight off the bat without too much thought. Just from day-to-day life, really. What I see, what I feel, what I hear. I see a lot of... I see life in colour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's that called, people that see uh, music in colour? Syn- synesthesia Talking shite <laughs> <laughs> Nah I, I, I can understand I, I'm not saying that I have that But I definitely associate certain Are, are you a synesthetist? Nah not not in the sense that there's people that say That they <laughs> genuinely have see stuff I don't have that <laughs> Talking <But like>, shite <laughs> It's not talking shite it's a, le- it's, it's a legit thing <laughs> We should get an, on the next podcast. We should get some a synesthesia expert on the next podcast. <laughs> next podcast, get him on. Let's hear how life's been for this person. Uh, well, I get it, but it's just like in browns and greys. Sepia, sepia boy. <laughs> a western. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Hendrix used to say that uh, when he played the guitar, he seen colours, but I just assumed it was like acid, acid or whatever. I. You're told to say a lot of shit when you put a new single or some press release. <laughs> he also said when he burnt his guitar, find what you love and let it kill you. And I always think about that and I think like, I love like the Everly Brothers. How, how would I, how could I kill myself with, with the Everly Brothers? What would you use, love? Podcasting. Mm-hmm. Kill myself with casts. Talk yourself to death. Cast until I die. Um, what do I love? People. Big people person. A people pleaser. What do you love, Daz? You love walking your dog. Um, I do. I do. Lo- I do love. I do. I love that. <laughs> I, I definitely like it. Do you, has there ever been a walk leave? What I can't be asked. Uh, no, nah, not that I can't be asked. No, nah, I've never had any problem. Like I like. I like getting up and at them. I, I wouldn't say I love it, but I definitely enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> poor dogs. Poor dogs. Uh, only joy in life. So synesthesia. 
Stena Sija. Stena Sija. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I definitely don't have it, but I definitely associate like see songs with color. <laughs> so like songs, songs that we like, songs that I have made or whatever. Uh-huh. With like a color. <laughs> like so. Give an example. What is released the house to you? What color is it? Blue. Blue. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you name some of the songs, I'll tell you what colors I associate with them. Slow Elvis. Uh, blue as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, King. Uh, purple. Oh. Royal color. Mm-hmm. Aye, quite a royalist, eh? Sunday's selling and take what's been going on with the monarchy quite hard, I imagine, this past couple of weeks. <laughs> that's, what uh, I lo- that's what I love. Is there any... <laughs> is there any... Any kind of obscure colours? Like, do you like a... When I say to you, torture, do you go Versace blue? Nah, there's a sort of greeny, murky, greeny, browny colour that's, that's maybe a bit weird. I'd say there's one or two songs. What are those? Uh, All In, maybe. All In's brown? Not brown, but like greeny brown. <laughs> Shit, man. Sludge. <laughs> I don't think that is synesthesia, though. I, think, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Madness. Madness is what that is. Bloody madness. Don't shake. <laughs> What's your favourite colour, Taz? That's quite a good episode 47. Uh-huh. We find out the band's favourite colours. The band's favourite colour? I don't know. I don't really, uh, I don't really like many colours, to be honest. Most of my clothes are all black or white. I don't mind like a navy. Uh, and I don't mind like a forest green. Do you know any <laughs> other colours other than blue? <laughs> purple. <laughs> Do I hear any any purple fans? Uh, Do you want to know the fr- the French for blue? Yes, blue. Uh, yeah. Aye. Yours is uh, your favourite colour is yellow, Jamie. It is. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mystic Meg. How did you know that after only knowing me for sixteen years? How did you know that? <laughs> I'm into yellow. She likes yellow. What about you, Kerr? My favourite colour would have to be, um... Shit. Uh... That's <laughs> a tough one. Colour Re- of shit. Eh... <laughs> 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 uh, fuck knows, man. Red. 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 I'm going to go Versace blue. <laughs> you just, just like putting Versace in front of me. <laughs> Versace blue, boys. That's mine. Um, back on the cast... Uh, we've got a very special guest coming up. Are you drinking a whiskey Is from that the bottle? Straight whiskey you're drinking? Am I talking to Chad Kroger? It's Darren McGuire. <laughs> we've got we've got Darren on the cast and Chad Kroger from Nickelback himself drinking whiskey straight from the bottle. Well, drinking whiskey out the bottle, not thinking about the bottle. My God, Chad's giving us a live performance on the cast. No, it's because I like a nice white and Mackay to go with my salt and vinegar quavers. They they complement each other really well. Because it's white and Mackay and salt and vinegar. It's like you're getting four four hangs there. Four for the price of two. So, what's been happening this week, boys? Tell me all about it. Been in the park. It's been a nice day. It's starting to feel like summer. Taps off. I've, I've spoke to about 15 folk that have, that have all said the same thing. When they're doing it at Strathy Park, they're all going like... It's like a... It's like Sucky Hall Street on a Saturday, isn't it? Because it's that busy. Well, I've, uh, I've been getting developed working on my studio tan today. I've been, I've been a little lab rat back behind the beats. I had a great time. I went to a studio today in Notting Hill. Aye. Hugh Grant's studio was it Hugh Grant's. Owned by Grant himself. <laughs> Do you know how he got the he got the money for it? Hugh Grant, go. He got a hu- huge grant. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went to two studios this week. One was in. It was a rougher part of town. Um. A lot of graffiti on the walls. Graffiti on the wall? 
graffiti on the wall. You can only imagine the stuff I was seeing. And it was kind of cool, but I went in and it was like, felt familiar. Went in, broke some bread with the, the, the guys that were in there. Talking away, what did I say to the guy? Walked by him in the hall and I says, uh, how you doing mate, you alright? And he went, yeah. And I went, yes. Sound. Walked by him. And then uh, later on in the day, I had been playing one of our riffs. And a guy walked by and said, sounds good, man. Whoa. Ken, it sounds, finally sounds like you're living like a local. Certainly, <laughs> certainly getting to know the, know the locals. The London music scene. <laughs> and then today when I went to the Notting Hill one, <laughs> there was a lot more what I would class as wedding banders. Right. You know the type. If you're in a band, you know you know the wedding band type. Um, the kind of pointy boots. <laughs> the, the scarves aye, aye the scarves uh, waistcoats waistcoats and scarves and I was thinking what is it about these people that I, makes me detest them because I, I feel there's a, there's an energy in our in our kind of atmosphere where I feel as if they don't like me the wedding banders the wedding <laughs> banders they don't like us because they can't play any of our tunes care. that's it mate that's it <laughs> but is it and here's my theory is it that they want to be original musicians but gave the game up and went fuck it let's go and get paid and we are annoyed that they've done that but also annoyed that they're getting paid <laughs> uh, is that what it is I think I think I've hit I think I've, I think that's it there's only one way to find out get a wedding bander on it I get I get the I get the sort of a taste of both worlds mhm I've played quite a few weddings. I had a weird audition about 10 years ago where I was playing bass in a wedding band. It was on Gumtree. I mind that. I went for an ad- audition, got got the part, and then went for a rehearsal, and then after one rehearsal, I don't, just wasn't into it. I, didn't, I couldn't be bored playing Kings of Leon over and over again. I, I, it's not for me. I wouldn't do it no matter. How much you paid? I mean, that you've you've literally got proof of that. I think, remember you done the, you went and played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, I, I, You were on Good lot, Door that, as well. You were getting, good money though. <laughs> yeah, it was good money. You were getting paid for that and you'd done one gig. I was, I was terrible. It was a long day. It was a 20 minute set and it was a sort of mashup of all these songs and there was a bit where I had to do Thunderstruck, ACDC and do like a duel off with one of the Piper guys. So I'm going, dear, 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 and he's going, <laughs> <laughs> that it was for someone's wedding, uh, but they were they were very professional, uh, and I, I wasn't really that professional. I didn't. I only kind of half arsed learning the songs because I had such little fun playing them, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I wasn't very good and didn't get asked back. But I was fine with that. It's also the type of thing they 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 like to have the songs not perfect, don't they? Oh, they, 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 just... they were very good. I I I didn't bother bringing a tuner or anything like that, <laughs> or like pedals or anything. I just like brought the bare minimum. And cause the the bagpipes are tuned to B flat, the guitar has to tune down half a step. And I was like, remember just re- just remembering this just before we're doing it. So I'm like running, trying to like tune it by ear. Oh shit! Uh, aye, so I don't I don't think they were too impressed. But you were wearing a kilt, weren't you? I was wearing like, the official the official kilt, their their official outfit. Aye, I was kind of struggling to get it on as well. Like they they all obviously had it on like precision, but I know it's not for me. <laughs> so I seen a few wedding banders today. Didn't break much bread with them. Don't even, don't even think we even smiled at each other, and I'm quite a smiley guy, so they really must have rubbed rubbed my waistcoat the wrong way. Let me tell you. Maybe they could uh, they could smell the originality. <laughs> Aye, they could. They probably could. But you can tell they even they all drive the same sort of motors as well. They drive the kind of like Audis. Says you with the Mercedes Benz. <laughs> Fucking right, but that's some, that's some G shit right there, man. 
Me get it bends on go, bends with the leather. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they don't smile at you. You see you putting up that and going, this must be a an, this must be an industry mogul. Does <laughs> <laughs> that guy own Spotify? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so but I've been back behind the beats, man. Thoroughly enjoying it. Thoroughly enjoying it. Um a lot of people were messaging in saying they thoroughly enjoyed the last week's podcast with Rab from Glass Vegas, so I'd like to have a quick shout out to Rab, that was a very enjoyable chat. Uh, yeah, clap, slow clap for Rab. And today we're going to have another fantastic guitarist on the cast, a man who's toured all over the world, and a man who's probably in one of the biggest acts going around at the moment, I think that's probably pretty fair to say, to be honest. So uh, I. A chat with Adam Warrington from Youngblood coming up. But uh, before that, big favourite of the podcast, Jamie, has been the, the Jamie's Journal. We got our first message in from Croatia last week saying um, they couldn't understand it, but liked the concept. <laughs> <laughs> liked the concept. <laughs> so, that was the main bit, innit? Uh, the concept. The content's not... No. Doesn't need to be good, it's just the concept. That's what they say, concept over content always wins. Give us a bit of, bit of the Jai Jai, the James Journal. likes his dates <laughs> uh, the 15th I don't know how much context you need for the day of four anyway I'll just read it anyway that's fine if, I mean people can people can pick up they're smart fans we've got Monday the 15th when I've opened the laptop the last thing I was looking at was the fear of mushrooms it's called mysophobia when I was cooking my peri peri corn and grains earlier I noticed that the corn is made from isoprotein which Bing tells me is a fungus, <laughs> so I can't really be that fear of the things. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck uses Bing? Have you really been hamming up how much you use Bing? Aye, <laughs> see, see, cause you get annoyed at it. No wonder see, I get annoyed uh, at it. Well, see, cause you do. It's like uh, everything, in, everything that I've had to do is always Bing. It's always Bing that I have Bing. Uh, so Bing, Bing gets a mention every other day. <laughs> my my protein, which Bing tells us me tells me is for a fungus, so I can't really be that fear of the things. That was so surreal there, composing that last sentence about making grains and fungus. It feels otherworldly that like I've just detached from my body and clicked on that I've vastly changed over the last year. It feels like a trip. The only time I ever took magic mushrooms was about five six year old. Five six years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh god the only, the only time I ever took magic mushrooms Was about five, six years ago <laughs> In my old flat above the pub at Girdwoods In Wishy City Centre Me and my flatmate Lee Got a hod of some For some shady source no doubt He was fine ingesting the dried shrooms Having taken them before But I was more apprehensive Such was my fear of mushrooms But ironically not for mind altering class A's that I sat with him in front of me for about an hour before facing my fears. Eventually, once I plucked up the courage to get the job done, I put wee bits of the shrooms in between bits of breed with half a tub of fucking butter. Fuck's sake. I mind the stems all getting stuck in my teeth and trying to eat it as fast as I could. I think it was about five bits of breed. 
It was a truly rotten experience. We sat and we waited. After an hour, or days, or millennia, Lee started thinking he was in the desert. He was seeing camels on the ceiling. I couldn't see any camels, but just all that mad tracer wavy lines. Lee couldn't get off the couch, but I was feeling absolutely magic. Maybe due to the dose that my psilocybin was diluted with a family pack of Aldi's own Lurpak, which is called Norpak. I had to get up and do stuff and see people. I was down in the pub, pure laughing my head off, and there was some folk going down to the local club Soul Suite to see George Bowie. I ended up down there mesmerised with all the lights, and I didn't stop raving the full night. That was an excellent experience, but it would take a few different variables for me to take part in that experiment again. I'm paranoid that I'd get a bad trip and hit a permo, but that could have happened already, as another outer body experience just dawned on me that I've swapped Class A's for Quorn and Cundins for Kilometres. That guy is somebody else. My consciousness has been set free, but there's some hairy man sitting on my couch on a laptop. He looks quite like to me except healthier looking and appears to be somewhat more learned than I. Let's take a closer look at this fella with the fine beard. Jamie is casually browsing his computer. Near him is a pile of two banana slippers with sewing needles sticking out, a box of 50 mind-bending illusions, and a jigsaw which appears to be involving meerkats. On his laptop screen, he has a few different windows open, of which are mostly are involving sheds. His recent searches on the famous engine Bing <laughs> include <laughs> cheap sheds, Scotland, online word counter, and fear of mushrooms. This Jamie person seems like a peculiar type of gentleman. Musical instruments cover one side of his appropriately well-lit room, although they are arranged in a hazardous manner, as if he plays one and disregards it immediately for another. I must admit though, it looks like he's kept the rest of his dwellings not just spick, but also span. <laughs> Jamie walks through the kitchen, where he presses the button on a fine-looking coffee machine. As it pours, for no apparent reason, he drops to the floor and performs 20 press-ups. He has a look at his calendar, which is different countries of the world adjacent to the dates, and points to today's, which says, East Timor. In one hand, he counts with his fingers as he mouths what looks like four or five other countries. Crafting a hand-rolled cigarette, Jamie heads down the stairs with a cappuccino and consumes both while trying to balance on the doorframe. When the nicotine and caffeine are ceased, he walks into the garden and immediately begins to start running. He runs, as people would put it, like a big jesse with his curly mane flowing in the wind like a beautiful, happy wild horse. <laughs> As Jamie runs, he beams a smile at all the people he comes across and gives off a cheery hello to everyone. Friend for stranger, he doesn't seem to care what their responding actions are, as he seems determined to get somewhere. Just as it looks like Jamie is getting somewhere, he instantly second guesses his route and begins to slalom trees and air punching before heading in a completely contradicting direction. No one, not even himself, could predict such a pathway. Back at Jamie's suburban habitat, he checks the scales and looks in the mirror, pinching the last handful of cutaneous fat in his abdomen. The shower is on a neutral temperature as his eczema seems to be catalyzed by hot water. An overgenerous dollop of E45 cream is applied to this fairly fit looking boy's extremities with careful attention to a small cut in his bottom. 
He heads back into the kitchen and prepares a meal made of fungus protein and grains, <laughs> which is wolfed down in seconds flat. This man's favourite food in the whole world seems to be fungus. <laughs> he proclaims to a stunning looking female who appears <laughs> with far too many bags of shopping. Did she get any more fungus? He asks her. She had attained enough fungus to last Jamie at least a week at his current rate of fungus consumption. <laughs> the girl now known as E.T. makes a suggestion about him eating meat again because he's all skin and bone. But he disregards this cod swallop and tells her that he's full of fungus and it's good for him before demonstrating its powers with an awesome display of 20 press-ups <laughs> and some side plankage. <laughs> After his beloved dish of fungi-sourced fuel, it looks like he's getting ready to go out dancing. The beard oil is applied to his love bush, the teeth get brushed, and there is enough aftershave sprayed to suggest he's having an affair. But again, the cod swallop is protested due to the fact that he's putting on a high-vis vest and a hard helmet. Jamie kisses the beautiful E.T. as a van peeps its horn outside. He tells her Big John is outside and he's away to Stirling. Big Ronnie is driving the van whilst Big John rides passenger seat. Jamie jumps in the back seat, perched directly behind Big John. Big John announces to his colleagues about how Big John doesn't like MD talking about Big John behind Big John's back. <laughs> Big John is referring to one ex-workmate who is called George, who refers to himself as King of the Fridges, which is ludicrous enough, thinks Jamie, who's opened up his laptop once more, but this time to a tutorial on how to do the human flag. Jamie begins to type something about Big John. Jamie already knows that Big John doesn't like people talking about Big John behind his back, but he wonders how Big John would feel about someone writing a book about Big John quite literally behind his back. <laughs> the inception-like thought process that has accompanied this brings me back to life at my trip and I'm in fucking Stirling with a big dose of reality. Really can't be fucked with working now. Two more shifts, thank Christ. That was amazing. Fantastic. You really brighten up my day, Jamie. <laughs> thank you. Another fantastic story there. Now it's time to go and speak to a lovely man from popular recording artist Youngblood, Adam Warrington. When the fire all is a little heat, uh, promise when I'm feeling back up on my feet. Shelter from the rain, running with the troops. I would rather die than be cut off from my roots. Bring the fire or at least a little heat with me. I promise when I'm feeling back up on my feet. And we shelter from the rain, running with the troops. And never cut off from my roots, like hold Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Adam. How you doing? Oh, wait, Hi, Adam. Guinness? Oh, I am still, uh, still celebrating St. Paddy's Day. That's about three years ago when we toured, all A's toured with Don Broco. Yeah. What a time. I mean, it was amazing. Unbelievable. To think how much that's progressed for you guys since then is... I mean, do you take much time to sit back and fucking reflect on it? Has this given you the opportunity to do that? Absolutely, man. Uh, that was probably one of the easiest tours I've ever done. I had the best time on it. It was class. It was unbelievable. How has it leveled up for you now in terms of, like, what's expected of you? Yeah, you get more, you get more used to playing the shows for sure, which is, like... It's obviously absolutely mental. We were always, like playing big festival slots or even like small festival slots like starting on the main stage where the crowd's not as big but you're kind of getting used to like playing a stage that big and Aye. obviously it's a totally different show going for playing to like 300 people to like them being on a big stage like that and like obviously everything's so much more spaced out and stuff like and you feel at home there Pro- probably not now but i was very comfortable with it <laughs> it was class yeah i had to, I, had, I absolutely love it and i i did get very used to it Aye. with like doing like main stage red and leads and stuff it was just just easy like just seeing it as a every show is the same no matter where you're playing you just get up there and do your thing how is the process with writing with young blood work then for you do you i mean because i know you because you're playing some of the records eh i don't know it's, it's always a bit of a different process like sometimes it'll start off for me and dom writing something but a lot of the times it'll be Dom writing something himself or with another producer. Mm-hmm. And then I come and play guitar in it. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes the producer plays a guitar in it, which is fine. It happens all the time. And um, But yeah, it's, it's never just one process. But we've, I've recorded like a ton with them the start of this year. But it's just like, we're, record, we're always recording. Sometimes stuff comes out, sometimes it doesn't. So Are you always just kind of round about each other now then? Yeah, a lot of the time. I mean, probably this year I've been... I was with him in the studio up north a fair bit and then he was back down in London and I was living up in Manchester so some I bet like that like mostly last year we were in LA together and we we're in London together so we're just like see him all the time when I spoke to Dom about LA he was like I I just I, I don't know if it's very me man I, I don't know if I I don't know if I feel yeah. at home there do you feel the same yeah I feel the same there I mean we were there for so like so much of last year um, like just living there which is just absolutely mental Michael lives there doesn't he? Uh, Michael lives there I've not seen him since I left last year like last July which is a bit mental but because we, we finished the tour in Australia then we came to LA and we were just there for indefinitely until we eventually managed to come back home but I mean I, I was at Tame Impala one night and then I woke up the next morning and everyone had like raided the shops and there was nothing left and we were like in a pandemic <laughs> and I was like, Oh I wonder how many weeks this is gonna last. So where did the obsession with playing guitar start then? I watched School of Rock like most people did when I was younger. Got right into it, like me and a couple of my mates. And then it was like primary five and we all went up in the talent show, like the only people that actually played instruments. Just playing the A chord the entire way sounded absolutely awful I found a video actually over Christmas and I was like oh god that's so bad what, was it a song or was it just 
long way to the top if you're going to rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> so I've done, I've done that. <laughs> playing like, I don't know, like a couple chords all the way through it, but mostly just playing A. Just hammering with guitar? A. With guitar were you playing? That's my dad had like a black Fender Strat. It looked exactly oh, so you, like... You, you were playing a Strat and... Yeah, I was playing an actual five. Strat. <laughs> five. And then, yeah, I kind of gave up for a bit after that. And then I got to high school and I was just trying to figure out what I was actually going to do with my life. And I was like... Oh, I'm going to be an architect and then I realised how much work you actually have to put in to be an architect <laughs> and I was like Jesus Christ this is mental so then uh, yeah someone showed me Led Zeppelin Mothership and I was like that's what I'm going to do that's fucking class and then the first person you form a band with after that is Louis Capaldi yeah we formed a band like right in his start of high school which never done anything and then we just kept forming bands all the time and then they kept breaking up so that ended up just being me and Lewis playing down the Miner's Welfare and like supporting my dad because my dad sings as well. So we used to just go on to like any gig that you could possibly imagine like birthdays, weddings, any like Aye. pub gig on a Sunday and just jam a couple songs before my dad went on and then get a bit pissed and then go back up on stage. But basically just like, and but like then it was like us learning covers and then it got to a point where Lewis was like, just started learning songs on his own and then he'd come like we'd like be playing a gig one night and be like oh yeah this song came out yesterday like it's, it's like it's fucking huge it's like going to be number one we're going to play this tonight and I'm like I've not learned it <laughs> so then he would just be like oh just jam it so then you'd be like just me on stage just figuring out stuff to go on top of the chords he's playing that's and how you get started good off, started off so bad but like I literally like sculpted me as a guitarist like that's where I learned most of my stuff as a bit pitched on stage with Lewis just fucking jamming through songs and making mistakes and then no making mistakes always good to learn on the job man you've played in some of the biggest bills there is some of the biggest bands in the world how do you rate yourself as a guitarist when you come up against these boys I don't know I've started uh, started to not see it as a competition now where I used to be like so uh, I used to be so like oh I'm better than him or he's better than me and get all panicky about it but now I'm just like all these musicians just playing songs. Like That's the hits. fucking key right there, man. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't know, I'm getting kind of really bored of the whole, like, like guitars virtuoso thing. I think you'll agree with me, Adam, but there's uh, there's one guy I can make an exception for with that, and it's uh, John Fashani. Oh, I mean, John Fashani. But he, he doesn't try to be that, but he just gets put up on that pedestal, do you know what I mean? Like, he just, he just fucking goes up stage and just jams out, and that's just... That's just that. Like, I, like he's not th- putting too much thought in it. It's just playing for the heart. But he's he's uh, for me. He's my yeah. Apart, he's apart from yourself, me. you're obviously the best. <laughs> <Sure>. But John <laughs> Frusciante is the second best. But it's annoying. We're like, uh, I'm at, like he's now back in the f- Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, oh my god. And then they were uh, putting the same bill as us. Well, we were putting the same bill as them at <laughs> some point last year. So we're like looking forward to that like last year. I was like, oh, I can't wait. We're going to play with the Chili Peppers. And they like, it wasn't like us supporting them. It was just a festival that they were also playing at. Aye, aye. I'm actually going to get to see John Fushani play guitar. And then all of this happened. And I was like, oh, bastard. That's, That's like my one dream. Were you, were, you, were you too young eh, to see the Chili's with him? And them? My dad went and seen them at like Slane Castle or something and just went away one night when I was really young. And, was like, and he was like, I'm just going to go see the Chili Peppers. And I was so young that I didn't even comprehend that you could go and see bands or like go and see these people. And I was like, what do you mean? And he came back with like a video on his camera and he was like, look at this. It's the Chili Peppers. And I was like, <laughs> bastard, you've done this to me. Does your dad come at a lot of the Young Blood shows? Yeah, he tries to come. He comes to all the Scottish ones, obviously. But um, he flew out to Amsterdam and 
2019 to come to a couple gigs. He came to LA as well. My mum and dad's first time in LA, they flew out to see that, which is just like, I've got family out there as well, so it was kind of like a nice point where we could all like chill out. And I had a couple of days off as well, so like chilling in LA with my family, which was really nice. Where do you, where do you feel like most of home out with of home then? Uh, London. I love it. Uh, I moved here when I was 20. I finished college and then couldn't really get into uni in Scotland. And then found ACM down here. Came down. Did you come down with Lewis as well? No, I just came down myself. So Lewis was Lewis was doing a lot of sessions down here. So I thought I'll be fine because he's always up and down. And I just moved down into this absolute shithole of flat that I found in Gumtree for like 500 quid, which was absolutely awful. Um, yeah, came down here, went to uni, and then just was obviously trying to get out and about, got as many gigs as possible. And that's what I done. And then I met Dom within the first couple of weeks, and I just kind of took off of there. Like the only reason I kind of came down to go to uni was to, like, meet people and form some sort of band or be part of something. That that was always got to be the plan then to just try and get something going. Yeah, it was always my plan. So then after a year of uni, I just I was literally never there. Like there was so much stuff I missed, like exams and stuff, because we were just rehearsing or playing gigs. But after a year, I just took a bit of a leave. Never went back. So how did you meet Dom? How did you meet Youngblood? Uh, I bumped into him at one of Chloe's gigs when Mikey was playing drums. Ah shit! Yeah. Fuck! I for- I forget how that's how that that all goes way back to then. It goes way back to then, and Scott. I remember Scott phoning me one night. Scott Kirkwood being like, "Oh, do you want to come down to Chloe's gig? It's Phil Taggart's night at I can't remember what venue." And we went. And all of Dom's management was there, and Dom was there, and I bumped into him, and they were like, "Ah, oh, this is the guy that we get told to play his guitar." Then I was like, "Oh, how you doing?" And then he was like, "Oh, we need a drummer now," <laughs> and he just was like, "Oh, we'll get him, guy on stage," and it was Mikey, and I'd never met Mikey before, so I was like, "Ah, oh, I know, I know him." I was like, "I know that guy, like I know all of him, but I've never spoke to him." And then we all just like had a night out, and that kind of just Mikey started coming down, and we started rehearsing. And it was like a year of that. I never knew it was just kind of like orchestrated as that almost. Orchestrated, but also just like all just kind of happened to fall into place at this one night. But yeah, it was funny because like when I'm first, one of the first times I met Scott when I came to London, we were just like at a night out. It was like Camden Assembly open night. Uh And I could hear two of the guys that used to work for Dom's management and they were like, we need to find a guitarist for Dom. And he was just called Dom Harrison Music back then. (laughs) <laughs> we need to find a guitarist for Dom and then right in the back of my ear I was like huh I'll, I'll do it <laughs> and it was literally just like it's something that stupid and then it all just got through together and then here we are now at that point where you just try where you'd have played with anybody yeah I just was like I just want to like get a bit of a name for myself play some guitar like obviously just wanted to keep gigging and stuff like that and I spent years on stage so I was immediately like comfortable to jumping up on stage with anyone and play right. guitar and just try to jamming along and whatever and I learned a lot of stuff by ear, so if I just get sent songs, I would just flick or something out. And if it didn't have much guitar in it, then I would write a guitar part, and then I make sure it did have guitar in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of Dom's first like stuff didn't have that much guitar, so I just had to free Dom of just being like, "Oh, just do what you want," and then he would be like, "Yes, no, yes, no," and then that was kind of that. Like, the first album was primarily just like him and Matty Schwartz, like the producer. Mm-hmm. But then like a lot of it was just like simple like four chord songs, and then they were just like. It was like quite trappy and stuff as well, mm-hmm. but some of they've got like some of the early stuff's got like good riffs and stuff like that um, that like Dom and Matty had wrote. And then when it came to the live show, it was like, well, there's obviously not that much guitar, and there was both of us playing guitar, so I just 
I just write my own stuff. So there's like a live in Atlanta album where you can like hear all the stuff I've actually added into the set that wasn't there before. When we when we toured with um, about three years ago again, you were saying that was us just going down to being a three piece because we'd obviously had the bass player yeah. and our guitarist went to the five to the three, and we were like, the first show we done was Mike Shinoda's at the Roundhouse, and we f- mm. we were fucking rotten. I, I, no, I, <laughs> like we I always equated to football terms. We come away come away that day with a draw. Do you know what I mean? Like we just yeah. get by the gig, but we were too spaced out. We were it just there was no vibe, man. And Aye. then that tour, we kind of got it together. But I remember watching, I said that for like watching you guys as a three piece to, to, to feel that live and energetic mm. and not have the need for a bass player. It's funny because we used to play with a keyboard player and a bass player for like the longest time. And then when it came to us like going to LA to do the first ever American show, it was obviously like 10 times more expensive to fly another two people and like whatever. So they cut it down to three piece just for that and then the label was just like this is great and he said stay like this you liked how it looked i think it, yeah it just looked good and then we just like obviously got a lot better over time just with playing the three of us and there's less things that can go wrong obviously but the way the way that we see it is like like obviously dom like writes and plays a lot of this stuff anyway so it's not like it's not like just press and play and that's that like it is him playing everything obviously so i mean a lot of people are just doing that these days it just seems to work and then you, I mean, you guys eventually got around it and you were like, this is awesome. I wouldn't go back, man. Yeah. Basis on time every night. Fucking best player in the band. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you guys remember on that tour, was it one of the first shows we played in Oxford? Did you guys Did you guys play? We, we got to play. So it was just Don Broker that missed. <laughs> it's just a headline act that missed. So we got, we, got, we played just as the shit was flowing out the venue. <laughs> so what actually happened? Some, some, some women had just um, done a massive shit and flooded one of the toilets and as you guys were finishing so so what's, what's the venue called again in Oxford is it O2 O2 in Oxford O2 it's the one that Radiohead filmed the creep video on I remember that distinctively so the toilets to the venue are on a kind of sell out crowd that would be the middle point yeah the women's toilets so somebody done a fucking clogged up the toilet that's what happened and then <laughs> just as we were just a kind of like last song our last song it started to flood out into the venue this fucking piles of shit could you, could you smell it instead I don't remember but the I just I think we I think we'd sort of I think it was like we only found it like obviously when we'd finished <laughs> I remember people running like forward more and I was like wow these fucking cunts love us man <laughs> just run away for the shit <laughs> I just remember like packing down and then coming back in and everyone being like yeah, so the the rest of the gigs cancelled, and then the guy had like they had to like Don Brook had to go out on stage and be like, "Sorry oh, guys, a shite all the place. Um, you are standing in shape right now." So, <laughs> but that that tour was brand new, man. I loved that. I loved every oh, bit of that great. tour. It was so it was good. So good. That was a pity me of like a good tour. Like, like being a sport band's great. Like we never really done that that much. Prior to that, you had just come off a support tour. I can't remember who it was, but he's one of like that buzzing about. Done a Kayfly and. Like it was the East Coast of America, which is like, yeah, it was just like the weirdest. Yeah, it was like the first time I'd ever toured America properly, and it was just ninety percent sitting in the van. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is being a musician. This is great. <laughs> Can you remember your first gig in Glasgow? First time me and Lewis's band we played like was it the Barrowlands too? Like the total like pay to play gig type situation where you go and 
you get all your tickets and get your wee Raj pals to come down. And we, it was the first time we had ever done that, and we'd just done it so wrong. It was like everyone was like 13, boarding on 14. And like, guys, it's 14 to get in, but you need to have ID. Like, who the fuck has ID at 14? So we get like two huge bosses just frammed with folk. Everybody's like 13, 14, just pissed, like absolutely wrecked. They all arrive at the Barrowlands, nobody gets in. Like, not like maybe like 5% of people actually have ID in them or right. is actually 14 young Scott card aye everybody's got like their young Scott card like scribbled fake ID name on it like saying they're 18 yeah. and everybody's coming out and like people are just like smashing bottles everywhere and we literally played to like five folk and it was the oh. last time I think anyone actually came to see us for like a long time that <laughs> <laughs> it was just like such a burn I was like oh man this is not easy where if you, you, you most enjoy playing venue wise and and city wise because you've toured you've literally toured everywhere now eh <laughs> everywhere apart from Asia which we we're supposed to do last year we've been to South America we've been Mexico so we've still cool. to do we've still to do like Argentina and just like Aye. everywhere we're, but again it was supposed to be done last year but it's annoying and I would have been able to tick off most of the world but it's not that we're not going to do it in the, in the future at some point mm-hmm. but um, favourite places to play I mean obviously I love coming home and playing in Scotland but it's also the most stressful thing ever trying to sort out everyone sort I know pals. guest right. list and all my family and I'm just like oh Jesus Christ and also Mikey's yeah, Scottish so it just makes all, it ten times harder as well they're all phoning you five minutes of four so yeah, where exactly. are you where are you oh wait can you put me in the guest list I'm like I'm about to go on stage <laughs> like tour managers dealt with us like a week before what time is on uh, exactly <laughs> so it's fun doing that and like especially when I've been away for like a year and then I come back and play Glasgow and see everyone and then leave the next day it's mm-hmm. usually a bit of a rush doing that. Um, I love touring Australia. It's just the most fun ever. It's just like, I don't know, the venues are great. The fans are great. Um, the weather's always amazing. It's like the only like kind of beatdown from it is like you have to kind of fly everywhere because it's so big that you could literally can't... Like there's one person that's toured Australia apparently, like big artist that, with a tour bus and there was only one ever tour bus and apparently it was Dolly Parton. That's what I was told. <laughs> and she just was like, I'm not flying. So they got a tour bus and they drove through... The, the outback as they call it fuck man with our tour bus but yeah it's fun apart from getting up at like 7 in the morning every morning to like fly to the next place but you just see so much in such a like you're there for like a week or two and then you've seen like the whole of Australia how was your experience in New Orleans with St Phoenix oh it was absolutely amazing I imagine Stevie told you it's probably the drunkest he's ever been in his life oh have we got what did Stevie get Stevie got a fucking ears pierced <laughs> yeah at some point like we started very early on <laughs> drinking and at some point I was like I need to get my nose pierced I've still got a pierced well nose ring and I was like I'm going to get my nose pierced I wanted to do it for ages now's the time and Stevie was like absolutely I'm going to get my ears pierced <laughs> so then we went in and we actually I found a video recently and it's just me him and Al and uh <laughs> and his tattoo parlor absolutely pissed and he just keeps going three, two, one, Rangers and it's over <laughs> like, he just keeps saying it over and over and the guy's not even put the needle in my hand <laughs> it's so funny and then literally like had to play <laughs> played in Houston the next day and everyone was just monumentally hung over <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure that day Stevie's wife made him take his earring out <laughs> I that's that disgusting I can't believe you've done that she was saying to him apparently like you're a da fucking get a grip of yourself <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's the last tattoo you got man I know you're pretty big in your tattoos um, I gave myself a tattoo there you go um, on my girlfriend's birthday last year it just says soul 
What is a present to her? You tattooed yourself? Uh, no, we went out for sushi and uh, we, I just got very drunk and I came back and Dom and I were in the house and our photographer, Tom, was also there and he happened to just buy a stick and poke kit and he was like, oh, we're all drunk, now's the perfect time to rip out the tattoo kit and we get it out and I'm just dead set and give myself this tattoo and I write it on my arm and it's like, it's absolutely huge, like, like huge the way I wrote it. And everybody's like, and I'm about to start and everybody's like, wait, let's see it. I'm like, that's fucking massive. You can't do that. It'll take like three hours. So then my girlfriend did it, writing it like really small, like on my forearm. And I just like sat for ages doing that. And he was like, oh, you actually need to like stab yourself with it. <laughs> it's really sore. Because I was like, oh, it'll be easy. Just like kind of tapping away. And he was like, no, it needs to be like... <laughs> And I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh, fuck, what is this pain in my arm? And I've seen it. And do you know what? I actually kind of like it. It's kind of fucked up. How many tattoos you got? Um, Four. Do you have many tattoos you got? Fifteen. Uh, Fifteen. I want to get more, but I'm always just like, I don't know. I got my first one. I got a Led Zeppelin one. And then my mate Emily Malice was wanted to give me some. So I went and done that and I didn't really know what I wanted to get. This is my problem. This is why I don't have that many tattoos because I'm What's not... What's the Led Zeppelin one? Oh, it's just the... um. It's just a zeppelin, this little bad boy. Nice. I gave I gave myself a I gave myself a tattoo a few years ago, and it's a Led Zeppelin one. Let's see it. How well did it go? Oh, not 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 great. Ah, I mean that's not that bad. It's pretty good. See it? Yeah. What did you do? Like proper the proper gun, or did you have a stick and <laughs> Seven hour job. Proper gun, but it's like the none of my tattoos really go on my skin very well. I don't have great. Skin. I keep getting them, but they don't ever like. <laughs> they don't stay on. But that one looks alright. It's pretty vivid. Aye, it's a daft one to have. It for, uh, see when I've been at the sauna and stuff like that, or swimming. Like folk always think it's the Olympics. <laughs> I was honestly about to say that. It looks a bit Olympic. You should maybe get like another one of them beside it, just so that you go. No, it's Led Zeppelin. I swear. Well, the other one and the other thigh is uh, an outline of the African continent. And so what? if I'm wearing shorts that are wee enough as well, it looks like a wee, like, no- knob that's hanging down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, going in the sauna and people are like, oh, were you in the African Olympics? <laughs> like, <laughs> you represent Africa. Why have you got the African continent? I think I was just thinking that's, well, that's where the humans are first from, from Ethiopia. So in, in one sense, we're all Ethiopian. We're not all from Africa. We're all from, uh, was it P- Pangaea? I don't know what they call it. Pangaea when it, like when the whole world was one continent. Have you ever seen that picture? Right, you've topped Trump to me. I'll need to get up. You need to, you're going to need to get the rest of the world joined <laughs> on Africa. There you go. You've also got another one as well, Jamie. You've got the you've got a, a broken AK forty seven and a, a a rose, and people think you've it's Guns and Roses. <laughs> I got a, a guy wanted to tattoo me, and he done a rose in my chest. I, exactly what Kier said, but the. And I got a broken gun as well, but it was only when I, I showed my mum. She was like, oh, is that because you like Guns and Roses? And I was like, <laughs> I realised I had Guns and Roses on my chest. Fan-made Guns and Roses at Decon. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody seems to think I've got loads, but I've just got a couple tactically placed ones on my arm that people are like, oh, you've got loads. You Google, you man, it's like, loves his tattoos. Loves them. Yeah, I read somewhere that, like, Adam, I, like, I read somewhere on the internet that apparently my whole body is covered in tattoos. Oh, so it's pinchy salt, honestly. Everyone just writes it. Like, yeah, somebody literally says on the internet, um, Adam's full body is covered in tattoos. I've got four tattoos. 
<laughs> Obviously, the young bloods get the, it's the Black Hearts Club in it, and uh, they're yeah. like fanatical fan base. How has that been dealing with that? Like, um, I suppose you probably need to watch what you say, but I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like how do they? Because it's so full on. It's so full on when we're like on tour and you like you come off the tour bus and it's just like. But obviously, a lot of it gravitates towards Dom. But at the same time, like no matter, you can't really hide from it. It's just like no. it's still like there. Totally. I don't know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like totally sociable, but you know, like just like everybody else, sometimes you wake up a bit anxious and you're like, oh, I can't really bother to talk to anyone today, and then you have to talk to a hundred people on the way to the venue because the bus can't park close enough or something like that, and you're like, Ugh. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming, but um, it does. It's get easier. It gets easier, I guess, because I mean you you're kind of like separated to a degree yeah like the bigger the venues play and like the bus parks in the venue sometimes and stuff big like that. fucking but venues but it's not that not that i don't love uh interacting with fans there's just like yeah there's a certain frame of mind i need to be in because i'm a very anxious person in general anyway so i'm just like oh <laughs> it's a bit of a nightmare sometimes some of your best ever experiences in life doing what you're doing oh absolutely never change the world for the world and it's just so mental to think like the stuff i was doing back in scotland and then like it was just four years of just immense touring all the time and I just seen so much and traveling the world like traveling the world is like all I really wanted to do it's the best isn't it just kind of want to see everything and experience as much as possible and like I used to be so picky with food and stuff and now I'm just like going through I'll just I'll try anything I'm so happy just to try anything like oysters caviar and you know, all the weird shit I was like oh yeah I'll try it because I used to be like yeah I never used to eat fish I now I love sushi Jamie just used to love chips. I don't know what you're like now. I've not seen you in a year, Jamie. <laughs> chips and sauce. I've been trying, uh, trying those uh, sweet potatoes. Sweet potato chips. Sweet, uh, sweet potato chips. <laughs> nah, I, I used to be dead fussy as well, and only in the last year I've got a lot better. It was when I moved to London because it's like it's not just. Like, I mean, Scotland's got its like core food groups, like it's like Chinese, chippy, and all that, and you just kind of. But it's not actually any of those things. It's just, aye, aye. Well, I mean, it's obviously not a chippy. It's just UK chippy. And then you have a proper Chinese and you're like, oh, this is like amazing. Like so much, so many different foods and flavours and stuff like that. Who's the, who's the kind of soundest person you've came across in your travels? What do you mean, like celebrity? Aye. Um, I met Ozzy at some point in 2020 actually. And he was just like, he was really nice. Like really, really nice. Him and Sharon Osbourne. And they were like sitting at a table with uh, Chad Smith for the Chili Peppers. And they're all <laughs> just like... They were just like all so nice and like welcoming and stuff like that, and I was like, "Oh, this is weird." But I met I met Dave Grohl when I was like super young. So the first like proper like celebrity interaction I think I ever had was Dave Grohl, which is like the best you could possibly have because he's just the nicest person on the planet. And you're like, "Oh my god, is everyone like this?" Where did you meet Dave? Um, I was backstage at the Foo Fighters. Like, I was like 15 or something. Hmm. What year was it? 2011. We just happened to, my dad knows, like, my dad knew the guy that was in monitors for them. And he was like, yeah, hey, come down to the show, come down to the show. And that was, that's all we really thought about it. So I came back for this school trip from France. And then we drive down to Milton Keynes. We go, and I think we're just going to watch Foo Fighters. So I'm absolutely buzzing. And then we get the tickets, and then my dad's like, oh, come here, come here. We just keep walking. I'm like, oh, dad, we're in the perfect spot. And he's like, no, 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 keep walking, keep walking. And we go backstage. And I'm like, how can we get back here? And he's like, oh, well, the tickets are VIP. And I was like, oh, and he was like, no, they're like backstage ones. I was like, fuck off. And we went in, and it was like Tame Impala and like Biffy and like the Foo Fighters just jotting about this little pub, drinking beer. 
just waiting about to like play and I was just like what the fuck is going on I think that was Amazing. also a, that was a moment in my life where I was like this is what I want to do like it was such a massive scale they had their own pub built backstage and this huge stage <laughs> and I just got to like walk up on the stage and have like a bit of a wander about and it just like that blew my fucking mind that would do it for making you want to be a musician eh absolutely have you then day that you've were taking a back by at one of your shows like a somebody fuck man I can't believe that I used to watch that guy or they're watching me now yeah we played a, we played Cal Jam and which is like the Foo Fighters little festival in California and we're like right before we go on was uh, Pat no what's his name Chris Novoselic from Nirvana he was on like it was two stages two stages side stage mm-hmm. like beside Aye. each other like you could walk like from one to the other so like he was playing and then we were going on and I was like that's mental and then he plays and we're up there playing well we're up there setting up and he's like finishing his set and then as like he finishes we start and as he finishes all the people watching him which was like the whole of the Foo Fighters and like some of Queens of the Stone Age and like stuff like that <laughs> we're all just like kind of swivel around and just watch us play and I'm like Ugh! but they're all like meters away from me and I'm like playing guitar looking over and just like Dave Grohl standing there <laughs> shaking his hair one of the funniest ones actually we're playing in a I can't remember I think we're playing in like Ohio or something like that we're playing a support show like this kind of like festival stage thing during the day and it's like the final gig of the tour and then we're like literally coming off the stage and going into the tour bus and driving to the nearest airport which is like Atlanta which is like miles away or not the nearest airport like where the where we flew into so we're flying, mm-hmm. driving all the way back there no showers or anything we're playing last song I turn around and Leonard from the Big Bang TV is just standing behind my amp like this <laughs> arms folded and I'm like double T I'm like that's Leonard from the Big Bang TV so <laughs> like the, the least expected person on that stage that day that's fucking experiences man and I know man that you just you could not buy no money could buy you them do you know what I mean I know that's the thing they're just uh, they're very precious very rich it's weird though it just feels like so long ago now I'm just getting I think I think at the start of this year the end of last year I was finally getting to the point where I'm like right things could go back to normal and I'd be pretty fucking happy so I'm excited for that to actually happen mate thank you so much for talking to us thank you Adam absolutely no problem mate it's been a great time catching up uh, with some fellow Scottish people <laughs> After the the podcast with Alfie Las Vegas, we had a couple of Patreon signups. So thank you to those guys. In fact, let's give them a quick shout out because it's been a while since we've spoke to these people, these wonderful people. The only people that matter, really. The only people that matter. Absolutely, everybody else that is listening, you don't matter. Always remember that. You don't matter so at I, all. I, so we do. We got a, a few few new uh, supporters. Noobs. <laughs> <A> few noobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want me to just read some of them out? 
there you go. I think his name's Jamie Clark. Shout out to Jamie, Jamie Clark. Clark. What a guy. What a guy. Let's speak about Jamie Clark. Um, the name suggests to me someone with prowess, uh, reliability. Definitely. Sounds like he's got a good haircut. Definitely. And a really fun nature about him. You can just tell <laughs> a, a name like Jamie Clark. Putting in one of my favourite people, Jamie, taking your name and putting it with a surname I'm familiar with as well, Clark, my, my grandfather's surname. Whoa. So that's a big, big plus for me, Jamie Clark. Going down a wee bit to Fiona here. She's the latest one, Fiona McKnight. Now, what you've donated, Fiona McKnight, puts you in the kind of realms of greatest people I've ever came across. I think the boys will agree. I, w- I would say that. I would say that. A lot of Patreon cash there. That's the kind of... That's what we need. People with big pockets to be, <laughs> to be donating. Fiona, love that stuff. Your name as well suggests someone uh, with, a, with a lot of prowess. <laughs> a lot of prowess. A fun personality. And Fiona actually is one of my favourite names. There you go. And uh, no, Fiona, that's fucking amazing, man. Thank you so much for, for that. Under that as well. I bet there's plenty, there's plenty of ones with this. Daniel, Mag- Daniel McGreekin. Daniel McGreekin. Now, McGreekin instantly screams to me, someone with prowess. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Someone with a fun personality. And a lot of no, I, <laughs> I like that name. I think if I was... i tell you what, Daniel. Here we go. <laughs> I'll name my first boy, my firstborn child, McGreekin. There you go. Can't ask for more than that. McGreekin or can. <laughs> Who's that speaking? It's we McGreekin. Here, we're going to the toilet. Here, McGreekin, you take a leaking. <laughs> anyway, else? <laughs> uh, if you get cheeky... McGreekin, don't give me any of your chicken. <laughs> eh, what else? Another one. I keep going, Kerr. This is great stuff. <laughs> Premium content. I'm sure this is uh, why. This I... is what the people, this is what they pay the money for. <laughs> I shout out to, to, to Danny McGreekin. Thanks very much, And Danny. one more there, one more before we go. Although I'm a bit disappointed by what she's pledging. Um, <laughs> but I suppose we need to, let's not give her too much props. Holly Lampert, um, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Holly. I'm okay, kidding. That's that's nice. We'll split that pound uh, three ways. Okay. Uh, no, that's class. If if you're listening at home and you don't donate anything, remember that you don't matter to us, and it's not nice. It's kind of kind of stealing if you're listening to this. It's stealing. We we, we no got to uh, like keep a list of who's on it, and then when we see that their name's off it, and then <laughs> give them filters. <laughs> And then they leave. No, because you could have a, you could have a big exodus. Then they could all leave. They could all leave. Right? Or, or they could be too scared to leave. Ah, exactly. And fear, then we'll spend fear is more powerful motivator. <laughs> <laughs> rule with fear. Always rule with fear. Uh, aye. So thank you very much for our fucking amazing podcast. We are the La Fontaines. I am Kerr. That is Darren. That is Jamie. And we have three staples on this podcast. Always, it's peace, it's love, it's unity. And uh, what I'd like to remind you all is sign up to that Patreon. And as we say in the La Fontaines podcast, good night, Vienna. <laughs> good night, Vienna. Good night. Good night, Vienna. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.